today on TechSax Radio here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We're presented by David Gardner Jewelers. And we're kicking off the Go Hour presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. Maroon never looks so good with Maroon U. Nick Savage filling in for David Nuno, your last guest host before the man returns tomorrow. And we shifted into high gear for football coverage. So again, welcome in. Go Hour here. OB to my left here. TechSax columnist and Heisman Trophy voter. OB, 37 days, 10 hours, 14 minutes, and 50 seconds till kickoff. You must be on the, the I am. 12th man.com. <laughs> That's the, exactly what I'm doing. Countdown, yeah. It's, I always encourage that, you know. It, it, anything that, that, that just keeps you enthralled and looking forward to the football season that we all – I saw yes, yesterday I was on – Facebook, because, you know, old people go on Facebook. And someone said, hey, what's your favorite season? You know, like, sometimes people put down, like, all these questions, and I didn't fill it out, but I was mm-hmm. like, favorite season in football. Absolutely. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I When I think of football it, season. I- the thing about football season, it spans three actual seasons, because it begins in the summer. Yep. And you still have fall, and then it ends in winter. Yep. And if you want to count spring football. Unless you're uh, <laughs> unless you're the Aggies last year, it ended in fall. But if you get to a bowl game, it ends in winter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I think of college football, I never think of, like, the first couple games because that's always when it's still super hot outside and, mm-hmm. and not very fun. But when you get into, like, October, October, when it's cool outside, you wake up and it's a beautiful fall morning, you know you got, like, eight hours worth of college football to watch. You got college game day or SEC nation, whatever you watch. Those are the best. I, I, I think about it at least like two times a day. And so we only <laughs> got this about time of year. 37 days. days and 18 hours and whatever it was left yep. for all that. Exactly. 37 days goes by fast. It does. Yeah. I, oh, believe me. I know. I now, 37 years went by fast. I think about it. What am I saying? 61 years has gone by. Oh fast. my goodness. Well, anyways, that's that's scaring me, Ob. It, you think you're scared, <laughs> man? I can see the tape at the finish line. Goodness gracious, <laughs> that'll scare you, Ob. Rangers. We'll start uh, it off with this: the Rangers last night yeah, pummel the Astros, and I was telling you a little bit about it. Little little scrum in there as well to make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, but no th- punches were thrown. No, right? it was it was a classic baseball. Uh, Disagreement is that, what I'll call that, it. That figures those Rangers. I'm still down on those gutless, spineless Rangers get into a fight and don't throw a punch. See, <laughs> but, and how many, you know, they had this opportunity. Now people are going to say, oh, yeah, you were ragging on the Rangers yesterday and they come out and score 13 runs. Yeah, but that's, they still lost the series and they lost the previous series against the Astros. So when you had a chance to get separation against the, uh, the, the team you're, your, your primary competition mm-hmm. or division, you couldn't take advantage of. They're going to fade. Sorry, Rusty. See, I'm, but I'm, as an Astros fan, I just, I just think, I still believe that the Rangers are the real deal and they're going to get better at the trade deadline coming up here. So will well, the Astros, but I think the Rangers are, are going to win the division. Just at least that's what my heart tells me. I could be wrong, but no, we'll see, see. to me, that strikes me as a guy that's just, you know, hey, I'm, I'm trying to, not get my hopes up too much because it's a two-game lead. It's a two-game lead with like, what, 
60 games, 59 games uh, left. Yeah, like under under 60, I so think. So 59 games left, two games. You know, I've look, I've watched that franchise. Well, I didn't watch them all because I gave up on them, but I've watched <laughs> that franchise most of my life, and I know that I, I have no faith. So that little scrum made me think. I was thinking, walking, okay. walking my dog yesterday, and I was thinking, outside of hockey, which sport has historically had the best fights? Oh, the best fights. Again, not counting hockey, because they encourage it, which, in my opinion, every sport should well, adopt say, the hockey fight. I, I, will, but anyways. I will say boxing. No. <laughs> Big three. Football, <laughs> football, basketball, baseball. Let's um, do that. Uh, yeah, probably baseball. Yeah. I, I keep, I've got this vision of Nolan Ryan pummeling Robin mm-hmm. Ventura. You guys are missing the sport that had the best one. Basketball, Basketball right? Basketball, the Malice, Malice in the, the Palace. Palace. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but they weren't, he, he, they weren't, the players weren't fighting each other. The, yeah, the players were fighting the fans. That's, That's makes awesome. makes it even better. That's hey, awesome. But, and did you ever notice that uh, Artest or Meta World Peace or whatever he runs up into the stands and he picks out the smallest guy. In yeah. the, go back and watch it. He picks out the smallest guy to go after, and it looks like a guy who's like fifteen. Yeah, it's yeah. like me throwing a beer at like, somebody. And, but but he doesn't even know who threw it. He's just I'm going to get somebody. Oh, here's the guy. <laughs> Nick, I got one for you. Let's hear. I know it. you're going to like best fights. Are it's going to be NASCAR. Uh, hockey. They're potentially. See, me and Jared are big NASCAR, NASCAR fans. NASCAR guys. When I think of, I mean, yeah, they used to get into it a lot. Obviously, back in the day, the the first Daytona 500 that was ever aired from green flag to checkered flag, there was a big fight at the end that kind of blew up the sport. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I mean, yeah, there, there's a good one every now and then. You know what I'd like to see? It's like road rage, but they let, you know, you can you can go fight after. <laughs> I, I'd like to see, like, the WNBA play, get into a big fight. <laughs> A big, a cat, big cat yeah, fight yeah. right out there. On that, give me a reason to watch. I th- do we I have th- a single episode where where Ovi doesn't bring up the WNBA? No, I rarely bring up the WNBA. I feel like that happened though, not too long ago. Oh, there was it? a fight in the WNBA, if well, I remember, or maybe it was college basketball. No, oh, it was college was basketball. College that's basketball. what it was. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, maybe not in the WNBA. But yeah, I gotta tell. You, look, I I gotta tell. You, I was always amused and entertained. Did you ever, when you're in school, did you ever see two girls start fighting? Yes. I was have to admit, I was always entertained and amused when two girls started fighting. There's a different strategy to it. A lot of hair pulling, <laughs> yes. a lot of calling of a certain word to each other, and uh, so yeah. But anyways, we'll move. On. Just that, thought that, it would to, be to interesting. To me, that's the question of the day. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll stay away. Uh, Ob, you're supposed <laughs> to be. Low, would you rather? You're see supposed fight? to be low key today. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on to you put out an article uh, a couple days ago about Evan Stewart. And I want to touch on that real quick before we go around the room and say hi. But uh, basically, the premise of the article was uh, you think Evan Stewart was slighted by the SEC media uh, not being put on the all SEC team. Yeah, and then he make one of the of the top three teams. I'll mm-hmm. give him credit for putting Anaya Smith. And, they, and you know people remember Anaya Smith. Uh, the last two games he's he's played against Alabama, he's he's caught two touchdown passes in both games. People remember that. But are you not paying attention to Evan Stewart? I was comparing him to a couple of guys that were on it from Alabama. 
And yeah, neither one of them had as many catches as Evan Stewart. Uh, Evan Stewart had more catches, in, in fact, considered more against SEC competition than some of those. One of the guys, a third of his catches came in the non-conference games. Well, Evan Stewart didn't have a bunch of catches in non-conference games. You can go back and look at it. So he did most of his work in conference games. Yeah, he didn't have as many touchdowns. He didn't have Bryce Young throwing to him. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to project it uh, based on numbers last year, okay, Evan Stewart wins that argument. If you want to project it based on what you think they're going to do this season, okay, that's a different argument. But now you're going to say that guys that caught around 40 passes with Bryce Young throwing to them mm-hmm. are going to be better with you know one of the three blind mice throwing to them this year? I, I just don't get that. Yeah, I got the numbers right here. Stewart caught 53 passes, 649 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. And and, and I think 43 of those SEC play, yeah, 43 catches, 544 yards, and both those touchdowns came in SEC play. And you did put, uh, yeah, Stewart had eight catches for 106 yards against the Crimson Tide. McCoy and Brooks both had 52 receptions, or pardon me, McCoy had 52 receptions, 667 yards, and four touchdowns. Primarily <laughs> catching throws from Hendon Hooker, Hooker, a Heisman Trophy contender, and played almost seventy percent. Uh, pardon me, he completed almost seventy percent of his attempts. Right, so he's getting a, a good quarterback thrown to him. Yeah, and you're just saying that not he, he most of that production came in non-conference games against Utah State and Austin P. And, so. and I, yeah, and I'm not nearly as down on Brew McCoy getting picked over uh, Evan Stewart as I am on uh, Jacory Brooks, who's not, I'm saying he's I'm not saying he's not good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other kid from uh, who's the transfer from Georgia, uh, Burton, Jermaine Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing he did last year was hit a girl from Tennessee when they stormed the field. I mean, everything else. What have you ever heard about him? Mm-hmm. He was he's just a yeah. But Evan Stewart had more catches in SEC games than both of those guys had on the entire season. Mm-hmm. And if you want to project it to this year again, those guys had Bryce Young throwing to him where, uh, let's face it, A&M didn't have the most accurate of quarterback play last year, most of the year. Yep. So I just can't can't see how you – as a journalist, you're supposed to actually do your homework and look at it unbiased. And I think that's an unbiased view, and I give the reasons. You know, I don't just say, hey, A&M, oh, yeah. this guy, I, I break it down. But I also know – how a lot of guys that vote on the, in the media absolutely do no homework, and when they're filling out their ballot, they'll just say Alabama, and they'll pick, yes, Alabama. They'll pick Georgia. Well, you're pointing to yourself, so if you're going to take on the responsibility of voting, you need to do your homework. Absolutely. I, I did vote in that media poll, but, again, I, I wasn't just picking players. I was trying my best to pick At who, least you put some in, Yeah, at least when it came to picking the, this finishing order, I put some thought into it. But, I mean, there's so many – You've mentioned before, there's so many players, and like you said, at some point you're kind of just like, well, I'm on player number seven. I think I know him. Sure. But yeah, he plays for Alabama. He plays for Georgia. Exactly. He must be good, that kind of thing. I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that. But anyways, let's go around the room, say hello. Already heard from Mr. Dalton Hughes, but we'll give him a chance to say hello again. Dalton, good morning, sir. Good morning, y'all. Uh, Nick, do you have a guest today at 9 o'clock? Am I seeing that re- Right, I do. One one would say uh, he's he's got his doctorate degree. 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm excited to hear from Dr. Stephen McGee. And I think when we go to commercial here in a couple minutes, everyone should go to texags.com and check out the latest from uh, Dr. Stephen McGee, thanks to our friends over at Caprock. He's back? He's back. Wow. Yeah, I got to check that a out. A long-awaited hiatus. We got to... We'll, we'll ask Mr. Stephen McGee, pardon me, Dr. Stephen McGee about that. Dr. Angelin? <laughs> yeah, at 9.05, he'll be in. Let's go over to the News and Social Center. Jared's hanging out with us. Jared, good morning. Good morning. I know I already chimed in a little earlier, but I am here. Good. Um, I got a couple of schedule updates in the world of Aggie baseball. Sweet. Um, moving towards OB and I's favorite stadium in the MLB, or at least mine at this point. Uh, March 1st through 3rd, the Aggies will be taking on USC and Arizona State at Globe Life Field in Arlington. Um, I think it's a big move. I think it's a better move than going to Houston. Um, Why? Maybe because I'm from Frisco. Oh, and okay. so no, no yeah, I thought the bias. Shriners College Classic was better. I kind of like the fact that they're going, <laughs> they're going to Dallas, though. If you live in Houston, you're pretty close to A&M. You can make the drive to a game another time. But a lot of people that live in Dallas, this is your opportunity to go watch the Aggies in, in person. Absolutely. And they play a lot of good games. Maybe they can it, work it out where they can play a tournament in Houston and in Dallas in the same year. Yeah, why not? That would be cool. And I, Globe Life Field is a lot better. I went to the Minute Maid for the first time uh, two nights ago. Do they? Do it's they all right. That hump in the outfield. No, they, they, they got rid of it. That's how long it's been since I've yeah. been there. They took it out. I remember. I, I can't believe Major League Baseball even allowed that. <laughs> they, I believe, they took it out in 2016, prior yeah. to the 2017. Yeah. Didn't they have a pole too? It wasn't just the hill. There they was a, a flag pole, in, the pole in play. Yep. So, who ever thought that ground rules? Ob, stupid. That's that's why. That's another thing that makes baseball unique. Is just the different. Uh, you know, by putting a hump and a yeah, why not? Why can why can Boston have a giant left field wall and saying, then you know? I, yeah, I played that as more character though. I mean, anybody can put but, a little but, hill. Well, that's character. But that's a hill in center field. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, but that doesn't interfere with play. I mean, rarely it did because it was so deep into center field. But there are some times the hump, <laughs> Towels Hill, is what it was called. But it's, it's a gone. hump. Yeah. It was, yeah. Anyway. Anything else, Jared? Uh, that's it for now. <laughs> All right. On the other side of the break, we'll go ahead and dive into player Houston. number 22 in our 23 players in 23-day series. All that and more on the other side. This is Tech Radio presented by David Gardner Schoolers. Hump in the outfield. Waylon Jennings bringing you back here on Tech Radio presented by David Gardner Schoolers. We're here inside the Rollo Insurance Studio and it is the Go Hour presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. Maroon never looks so good with Maroon U. Again, I want to mention that AMB text line is open, 979-693-1150. Text us, and we'll try to get to those texts uh, whenever we can. But now it's time for our 23 players in 23 days. That is brought to you by the Charge Apparel, Aggie-owned and operated premier polos and tees made in the USA, 12% of total sales are donated to organizations supporting veterans and mental health initiatives. You can visit them at thechargeapparel.com or find them on Instagram at thechargeapparel or Twitter at thechargebrand. OB, player number 22, kind of sticking with the theme we did yesterday, Layden Robinson, offensive lineman, <laughs> the redshirt senior out of Manville, Texas, listed at 6'4", coming in at three, uh, 325 pounds. Played 34 games for the Aggies, and by my count, that's the most experience returning on the offensive line. Yeah, uh, first of all, he's good. 
He needs to be better. Uh, we need to be talking about him as a top 10 player at the end of the season. Uh, this time last year, Layden Robinson was rated by like guys like Mel Kuyper as the number one uh, inside interior, interior offensive line prospect. They were assuming he'd go into the draft, and he probably would have, except Layden Robinson will tell you, because I know this for a fact, because he's told me, among other people, that he didn't play well last year or yeah. uh, up to his own standards. So they need to get Layden playing to his standards. If you're watching on TV, uh, Layden, here, first of all, you don't need a guy that has going to deplete everybody. You just got to get in the other guy's way and push him away. We're watching a, run, a nice run there by Amari Daniels and Layden Robinson. Uh, you know, do, and there's one by Devon A. Chain. Layden Robinson is, you know, making the blocks downfield. The lead blocker, yeah. Here's the deal I think about Layden Robinson, and I think he's real good uh, with uh, run blocking, and I think he he can get better with pass blocking. If you say I don't care who you say, you tell me any guy in the SEC, and you put him in front of Layden Robinson, and you say you block this guy one on one, Layden Robinson's going to block him. Where I think sometimes he gets in trouble is in pass the uh, blocking with the stunts and the twists and things like that. And it seems like um, sometimes it appears to me that he kind of loses track of who he's supposed to be blocking. All right. Now, part of that might've been, Hey, you had a first year coach last year in the offensive line. You're changing some things up and I've got to get a grasp of it. And maybe there was some confusion. Looked like there was some confusion with the entire offensive line. So that mm-hmm. maybe not just, on not just on Layden, but that's an issue to get worked out. You work out that, you work out that, and Layden Robinson might be the number one interior offensive lineman prospect because he's strong, he's athletic. We were watching some of those plays, and he's pulling, and man, he can get around on that pull fast. And in some plays, he's such a good lead blocker on the pool, he's knocking somebody out and Devon Agent scoring touchdown. On others, the defense is now keyed into him, and you watch a couple of these, and he pulls like going left to right, and the linebackers go with him. Mm-hmm. And then A&M would run back the other way. And he, they know, hey, look, watch this guy, because when he pulls, he can um, – he can, knock the tar out of somebody and open this lane. Oh, wait a minute. They're going the other way because A&M can. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's a very well-designed play, and he pulls it off. So I like Layden Robinson as a player. I think he can be a lot better than he was last year. Um, and that may, again, I'll say this about Layden Robinson too. He has had nagging injuries, and sometimes they're more serious than that, and he's played through it. He's a tough guy. He's a strong guy. He's a smart guy, but there was some confusion last year. And, I, and I'll say this. If they iron out that confusion, uh, he's as good as anybody. So like I mentioned, he's played in 34 games in his career. How, how vital is that for the entire offensive line, just having that solid yeah. key piece that you know you have? Well, I think everybody needs to uh, – uh, I think the experience – Benefits everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And um, ever, the, the more your offensive linemen play, the better they get. I always go back to 2020. When you break it down, except for Kenyon Green, and to some extent Dan Moore, everybody else was, was pretty good, but it wasn't like these guys were big-time NFL prospects. 
but they were outstanding. They knew every, where they were supposed to be. They knew who they were supposed to pick up because they had all played for like three or four years, right? There was a lot of experience. They knew what they were seeing, and they were in their second year under that offensive line coach like they are this year. You give me guys who are talented and athletic and strong and then give them experience, and I think you can expect to see a much better offensive line. So, and I, along those lines, I think you'll see, especially if he stays healthy. Yeah. I think you'll see a much better Layden Robinson. And I think another thing I like about that, I love, I love the fact that Layden Robinson stood out and said, I didn't play to the standards that I set to yeah. myself. A guy that there's so many people these days that don't want to hold themselves personally accountable. And a guy says, who calls his own self out, that's a guy that I will expect to see better because he acknowledges, hey, this is where, you know, I wasn't as good as I can be. So a lot of guys come out and say, now I've got to prove myself, not to 100,000 people in Kyle Field, I've got to prove myself to myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a whole bunch of NFL scouts as well. Yeah. That doesn't hurt. And kind of rehashing what you and uh, Dalton were talking about yesterday, kind of this team's success, or at least offensively, kind of boils down to that offensive line <laughs> as a unit, right? If it's a good offensive line mm-hmm. with the uh, skill positions, talent they have, I think they can be a, a a really, you know, productive offense. If it's a outstanding offensive line, if it is anything like it was in 2020, I think you're going to see an explosive offense with a lot of, you know, two and three touchdown, you know, play drives. Two, two or three mm-hmm. play drives for touchdowns. You know, I think you're going to see see if the offensive line develops um, and stays healthy with the experience that's been accumulated and with the guys they have. I think there's you're going to see this offense go from stagnant like it was last year to dare I say spectacular. Yes, I dare. Well, we're all hoping for that. That's player number twenty two, Lade Robinson. In our 23 players in a 23 days uh, schedule mm-hmm. tomorrow, might flip the script. Might might head over to the other side might, of the ball. Might. Might, just maybe. I don't I don't know who yet, but we'll see. So Ob, we'll hit a break here. On the other side, we're gonna play a little game. Uh, hmm. Ask you a string of questions. Okay. Uh, that'll start with if Can't, you're gonna tell oh. me then. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. I didn't know if it's like you know gonna be like. The psychiatrist that just says, oh, what do you see with this? No, no, no. Not a vision test or something? Or, no. That wouldn't work on radio. No, I no. don't think it would. But anyways, we'll hit a Word break association. Here. There you go. On the other side, we'll get to a text, too, I want to ask you. This is Tech Sags Radio presented by David Garner Schuler's. Welcome back in. Tech Sags Radio presented by David Garner Schuler's. We're here inside the Rollo Insurance Studio, and it is the Go Hour presented by CC Creations. Maroon U is your ultimate stop for brand name apparel, gifts, and accessories for the entire family. Jared Schultz over in the uh, News and Social Center. I want you to read that text from Brad in Brenham, and this is directed at you, OB. So, Jared, take it away. Yeah, OB. Uh, Brad from Brenham, he wants to ask, how many years have you voted uh, on the Heisman, and how many have won that you have voted for? Uh, first... Easy. That's an easy question. Uh, I started in 94, so I guess this will be my 30th year, 30th season, you know, because you've got to count the 94 season. Uh, I voted for the guy who won it that year, and it was uh, – he had 
Rashawn Salib uh, from Colorado running back. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure I got his name wrong, but wow. How many I would say that I've probably picked the right guy 80% of the time, or the guy won it. Yeah. I think I've picked the you, right you guy 100%. You picked the right guy every time. Like, for instance, I voted for Larry Fitzgerald, uh-huh. and and I think he finished third, and Jason White won it that year, the quarterback of Oklahoma, and I, and I saw him. I said, the guy throws the ball six yards downfield, and his receivers catch it and turn it into a 50-yard play, and they said, oh, Jason White, look, he had a 50-yard completion. Said, no, he didn't. Yeah, the, the guys that was the best player on the team – was Mark Bradley. Jason White was the most outstanding player on his offense. Uh, so, like, I, that's an example. I voted for Toby Gerhardt of Stanford over Mark Ingram from Alabama. I thought Toby Gerhardt was the more outstanding player that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it goes on and on. Uh, I, the year Eric Crouch won, I think, if my memory serves, I voted for Roy Williams, the defensive back from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't going to win. A defensive back. But he was the best player I saw that year. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's been – who did I vote for last year? Uh, Max Duggan. I I don't think I voted for Max. I might have. Well, Caleb, I I think I I remember – No, I tell you who I voted for. I voted for Hendon Hooker. Oh, that's right. Sorry. He was the most outstanding player I saw. Yeah. And, and, okay, he got hurt. He can't help that, but he only missed a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I voted for Hendon Hooker. I thought he was the most outstanding player I saw last year. Yeah, I agree. So, thank you for answering <laughs> that, OB. We'll move on here to our, our little game I wanted okay. to play. It's a little game of if and then. Okay. So, I'm going to give you an if scenario. Dr. Savage. And you're going to tell me then this will happen, all right? Okay. Got me? All right, so let's start off with this. If the Aggies, stick, or the Aggies defense sticks primarily to a four-man front this season, then... Um, then, then I would say DJ Durkin has learned well. <laughs> I don't know what to say that. Does that mean? I don't know what's then. Then I think they'll be better against the run. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what okay. I was thinking. But they well. gotta, they gotta have better linebacker play to be better against the run too. If the offensive line stays healthy, then. Uh, yeah, then I think you'll see a uh, much improved. Then I think their grade goes from C- minus to at least a B. The offense or the offensive, offensive line, line. As a whole. Okay. If Evan Stewart has 10-plus touchdown catches, then? Then, may, then maybe some of those dipsticks in the SEC media <laughs> will vote him all-conference. Maybe so. <laughs> if... The Aggies go running back by committee, so using that whole yeah, stable. Right, right, right. Then, um, then their leading rusher will probably have six hundred yards. Okay, I, you know I don't know what that means because if they're all productive, and it means does if no that means nobody has emerged as the absolute featured back. But is that because none of them are good enough, or they're all too good not to play? See, I don't mm-hmm. know how that's going to go. I'm not. I'm not like a football analyst. I would say, but Obi, what are your thoughts on like if you're doing a committee run, like run game? Would you say that you have an advantage due to the fact that they're going to be more like rested up and like? Because I feel like 
the best running back in the world after five runs might not be as good as someone that's not as good oh, on no. their first run. A lot run. of backs get better the more work they get. The you think so? Get. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of guys will tell you that. Now, does that pertain to these fellas? Usually it's the bigger, more powerful backs. Uh, but see, once again, that's a tough one because it's hard to – I don't know what these guys are going to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, every running back gets a couple of series off. Right now, bring in that, but that's not the same as being by committee. I remember it all started with Virginia Tech, where it was playing Lee Suggs and I think his name was Kevin Slayton, and they and I might have had the second one mixed up. I probably did, uh, and they'd play them alternate series. Well, again, you have to have three, I guess, for it to be committee, but it was highly successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Georgia did that with Todd Gurley and Keith Marshall, but as the season went on, you figured out. Yeah, you need to give Gurley all the all the carries. So A and M did it with uh, Greg Hill, Rodney Thomas, and Leland McElroy, but Greg Hill got the majority of the carries. So, um, and as long as they're all good, but it, what it tells me is that nobody has emerged as the one featured back. But I don't know if that's good or bad. Mm-hmm. I just with that, I just feel like maybe there hasn't. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> if the Aggies start 4-0, and then, and I'll read you the schedule just uh-huh. to refresh, New Mexico, yeah. at Miami, right. UL Monroe, and Auburn. Auburn. Uh-huh. If they start 4-0, then I believe they're going to be undefeated at 5-0 and going into uh, the Alabama game because I think they're going to beat Arkansas. If you beat Arkansas last year with that team, then I think you're going to beat them this year with this team. Mm-hmm. I got a hypothetical on the opposite side of that. Um, right. People talk about maybe the Jimbo and Petrino kind of action, maybe, maybe taking a couple of weeks to kind of get the kinks out, playing Miami in week two. If we lose to Miami, then... Well, that was my next one. If the Aggies start two and two, let's say they drop the game to Auburn too, just, oh, just, just for Lord. full chaos theory. Uh, then it's going to be a... Uh, I think it's going to be an incredibly disappointing season. No, I mean... Plenty of time to. If you're losing to Auburn, yeah. What makes you? Th- who I think is going to be finished seventh in the West. What yeah. makes you think you're going to beat uh, Ole Miss in, in mm-hmm. Oxford, where you have all kinds of trouble? What makes you think you're going to beat Mississippi State or Arkansas? I'm not saying you won't win some of those games, mm-hmm. but if you can't beat Auburn, are you going to beat Tennessee and Alabama? Why are and LSU? Some, why are in, some people in Baton Rouge? Yeah. Why? Why do you think some people are are high on? Auburn and you and OB, uh, pardon me, you and Dalton kind of talked about this yesterday. But why do you? Why are people so well, high they on Freeze? Freeze is one. a good coach, right? Uh-huh. And, and he did great things at at uh, Ole Miss. Um, so I think that's where it starts. But again, I I, I still look at the at the personnel exactly, and they were terrible on offense last year. Okay, blame blame Brian Harson, even though he's got a. His reputation as being a good offensive coach, right? Defense, they weren't that bad. And you lose Derek Hall mm-hmm. and uh, uh, shoot the, the defensive end. Now, for something, I'm having a senior moment. And then Owen Popo, who's their leading tackler linebacker. You take those three guys off, and I'm thinking, are you really going to be better? And, and you're counting on so many people from the Power a uh, group of five transfers. Are they all going to be big hits? Maybe they will be. So maybe they know more about those guys than I do. But I look at Auburn and I see a real problem at receiver. 
Uh, I see at best, average at best quarterback play. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're going to have at running back. Everybody could find a a decent running back, but are they going to have the kid that's in trouble? Yeah. Uh, And their offensive line wasn't very good last year. And why is it going to be better this year? Yeah. All right. Last A&M related question. Then we'll switch it up to the entire SEC. If the Aggies beat Bama, then? Then they're going to win the SEC West. Wow. Okay. Love it. That simple? I'll call it that. That simple? All right. All right. Let's let's switch it up to more SEC-centric uh, questions here. So we'll start off with if Spencer Rattler ends up being one of the best QBs in the SEC, then? Um, then South Carolina will finish maybe second in the East. Okay. I, I agree with that just because I, I don't – I'm not buying any of the South Carolina – like, well, I think uh, they're. I think it's kind of a overreaction to, to one South Carolina. Good, or not to, even to even a good stretch. Of yeah. Games. Okay. And some some great luck that went their way. If Arkansas goes four and two in the SEC, then and I'll read you their SEC slate. Well, they got to go four and two in the SEC. You mean the SEC West? Yes. Pardon okay. me. Yeah. So they go to LSU, A and M, obviously at, Jer- at Jerry's World, to Ole Miss, to Bama. Mississippi State at home, Florida in Gainesville, and then Auburn at home, and Missouri. Okay, so you can't go four and two against that because you just gave me eight eight games. Well, let's say okay. Sorry, let's <laughs> six and two. My bad. Okay, six and two. Six and two. Uh, first of all, Sam Pittman's going to be coach of the year. Okay, <laughs> they're six and two. They're laughing at me back there that I can't do math. But anyways, <laughs> they're continue. probably they're probably if they're six and two in in the SEC play. They're probably finishing no worse than second in the in the uh, in the West, and um, they uh, they I don't I don't think two losses will get you in the playoff. They'll play on in New Year's Six because I'm trying to remember what their non-conference games are, and I don't think any of them are that. Let me foreboding. Got uh, Western Carolina, foreboding? Kent State, BYU at home, and FIU. Yeah, so they're probably four and zero in the. So if you're saying they're six two, that's a ten and two season. Last year, I said LSU hijacked A and M season. LSU had A and M season. Mm-hmm. If Arkansas is ten and two, then they may have hijacked A and M and stolen A and M season again. Yeah. If Bama has a bad year, uh-huh. then uh, if A and M if Bama has a uh, bad year, they're nine and three. You know, okay. that's a bad year that's what I was at, thinking at Alabama, too. and they finish second or third. And, and then the uh, there will be uh, people in Alabama saying Nick Saban's lost it. <laughs> Two more for you, and then we'll hit a break here. If Texas doesn't make it to the Big 12 championship game, then? <laughs> then Sark is on uh, a scorching hot seat next season. And you're th- that would be his... Third year, correct? Third year, and now you're going into the to the SEC with you know they're going to lose they're probably going to lose all those good receivers and probably yours. So they'll be going in. I know it'll be Manning, but he'll be a first year starting quarterback, and uh, it, they are set up right now to go to the uh, uh, to to win that the Big Twelve. Big Twelve, yeah. So if you don't even make it to the to the Big Twelve playoff uh, championship game. Then you've had yet another just grossly 
underwhelming season. Last one for you. If Kirby Smart takes Georgia back to the national championship <laughs> game, then? Uh, then I think you have to, even even folks in Alabama have to acknowledge that he's the uh, now best coach in college football. There you go. All right. Thank you, OB, for playing along with that, even though if, I suck at math. If Georgia players start driving the speed limit, <laughs> then? They should be good. <laughs> There'll be no speeding tickets. There'll be no speeding tickets. All right, we'll hit a break here. On the other side, I want to dive into some of the coolest venues, stadiums that you visited, and also okay. maybe some that are on your bucket list as well. So that's <laughs> on the other side. You're listening to Texags Radio, presented by David Garner's Jewelers. Welcome back in. Texags Radio, presented by David Garner's Jewelers. We're here inside the Rollo Insurance Studio, and it is the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. Go Hour rolling on here with OB and OB I want to dive into some the the best or coolest stadiums slash venues that you've been to and then we'll get to some bucket list okay well, items now we're well. talking about college football right no anything oh, no? any okay. sports venue you've been to obviously if, you, if that's where you want to start you can I'll start the list off um, I've been uh, not really everywhere when it comes to college football stadiums I've only seen uh, yeah only been to a game at Kyle Field um, I'm not very well traveled, but I have been to, again, going back to NASCAR, the Daytona International Speedway. That was really cool to see. Been to Jerry's World. That's not super special to us, but um, been there. So what, what are some places that you've been that, that are really impressive in your mind? Well, you know, I'm so old. I, I actually attended a Dallas Cowboys game in the Cotton Bowl uh, <laughs> when they played there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh I covered a game at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, and I thought, "Wow, this was a really cool stadium." Mm-hmm. I loved everything about it, except for you know that it was Indianapolis in the winter. Um, was it a bowl game or? Yeah, it was, it was a, a Big game. Ten championship. Okay, game. Uh, the the uh, L.A. Coliseum. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of all, think about all you know the Olympic events that were yeah held there you know years and years ago. So that was really cool. Um, Court Rose Bowl, everybody. I was dis- I, the the Rose Bowl setting is better than the Rose Bowl itself. The stadium's kind of old, old, and you know not that great. But mm-hmm. the the setting is is what makes it. Um, really cool stadium is the 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 Arizona Cardinal Stadium. You know, it's kind of like Bush Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it looks like no no the Arizona Cardinal Stadium. Oh, Arizona Cardinal. Yeah. Sorry. Which, by the way, I've been to Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Old Bush Stadium. I mm-hmm. went there when I was uh, 12 years old and saw saw uh, Lou Brock still a couple of bases. Wow. The uh, the Phoenix Cardinals or Arizona Cardinals Stadium looks like Jiffy Pop popcorn mm-hmm. when it's uh, you know when it's done. It's this big <laughs> silver. Big, yeah. Um, hmm. I covered. I mean, I didn't cover. Him. I saw a game at Dodger Stadium. A couple of games there. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, I went to Michigan. The big yeah, house. And was kind of underwhelmed. Really? It's a hole. It's a hole in the ground. But Ohio Stadium, which I t- can't stand Ohio State, but that's a stadium that you go, wow. Mm-hmm. Just the architecture and everything is, is pretty cool. Notre Dame didn't do much for me. Uh, I, I love Kyle Field. I think when you if you've never been to Kyle Field and the first time you come and see it, you go, wow, this is, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Um, okay. Uh, I think – 
that Aggies that travel to Knoxville to see Tennessee and Nayland Stadium, I think you're going to find that to be a just a great experience, especially mm-hmm. if the Vols are good. Yeah. But I'm trying to think if there was one place that I went to and I went, wow, this is, you know, amazing. I can't – most of mine are disappointments. I covered a basketball game at Pauley Pavilion, UCLA, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be – now this is – they've, they've updated since mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, man, this, UCLA, John Wooden, all the, all the history. I mean, this is the mecca, right, of college basketball. And I'm going to – and I walk in, I'm like – I've seen some high schools that were pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about a letdown. Yeah. So my list of uh, bucket like lists. Clemson. Clemson. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's on my bucket and, list. And LSU, yeah. Athens, Sanford Stadium. Been I want to go there. Yeah, it's nice. I want to go to, like you said, Ohio and Michigan stadiums. I want to go see games there. Lambeau Field in the NFL. Yeah, I think I that it, would be cool. Yeah, Allegiant Stadium. We were talking about it this morning. That's the new Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah, that I need has to take the, my wife there. She's that, a big Raiders fan. Yeah. I need to. It just looks like a, a spaceship. So I, I'm. I really want to go there. Arrowhead I've Stadium. I've been there. I've covered a game there. Because everyone always I've covered claims. a Big Twelve championship game between Oklahoma and Nebraska. Yeah, how loud it is. So what about it, PNC Park where the Pirates play? The I've, yellow bridge. In the I've background. never been in it, but I've it looks seen it. gorgeous. I the go. Aggies play that pit, and I can. And I remember looking. There's a place that you can go up and look down, and uh, Pittsburgh's actually their downtown area is pretty pretty spectacular and you could look down into the stadium and say yeah it's pretty cool but didn't see a game there yeah all the historic ballparks i want to go to yankee fenway wrigley wrigley pardon me dodger stadium i want to go to truist park the the braves new stadium looks nice coors field in colorado i've always wanted bristol to go there. motor speedway at night yeah with 180,000 people at it yeah that would be insane they played a football game there tennessee and virginia, virginia tech, tech. Yeah, yeah played there one time and last last racing thing on today i swear the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. I always want to go there and see the Indy 500. I covered a game at the old Orange Bowl before it was torn down. And let me just say, it needed to be torn down. <laughs> there you have it. That's the go hour here with OB. He's going to stick around because on the other side, we're going to have Dr. Stephen McGee here. I don't know if he'll be in studio or on Zoom, but we'll have him either way. Stick Make around. a house call, Doc. <laughs> You're listening to Tech Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.